I'm World Cup champion Megan Klingenberg. Wondering who you should root for at the FIFA Women's World Cup? I'm hosting a new podcast, my new favorite Futbolista, where I will introduce you to soccer's brightest stars and the causes they are championing. From the 22-year-old American phenom speaking out about student-athlete mental health. I try to just like approach everything with like you don't know what someone's going through. To the U.S. defender who travels to tournaments with her young son. Am I ever going to be able to run for five minutes straight? Check out my new favorite Futbolista wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Edit audio. What is the WNBA? I am veering towards 30, so I don't know what WNBA stands for. I don't know if that's a joke or if it's something I'm missing. Let's say it stands for when nobody buys alcohol. What is the WNB? I don't know. Is that a joke? Am I missing something? This is Rebound Revolution, a not-so-basketball podcast bringing you the revolutionary on and off the court happening in the WNBA. From queer baddies to history to ones to watch, join me, Money, as we get into it all. This week, we dive into all things Chicago Sky, and later, I'll be joined by Annie Constable to talk storytelling and covering the Chicago Sky and why Chicago fans are so lit. You don't need to understand everything perfectly, but if you put your heart into it, if you put your care into it, that is what brings a story to life in a healthy way. The Chicago Sky aren't one of the original WNBA teams, but that hasn't stopped them from being one of the most exciting teams to watch or from having one of the loudest fan bases in the WNBA. Chicago fans go hard. And I guess this is because they grew up Jordan era rooting for the Bulls. But the Chicago Bulls aren't the only championship basketball team in Chicago. So let me tell you a little bit about the Chicago Sky. I first started paying attention to the Sky when Allie Quigley won back-to-back three-point contests in the 2017 and 2018 WNBA All-Star Games. Now, for folks who might not know, the three-point contest is a shootout at the All-Star Games where a player has to hit three-pointers from five different points on the floor. And it's not easy. You have to clear a whole rack of basketballs from five different points on the floor. I had to know more about her, and I quickly found myself in a Quigley rabbit hole. I found out she was a hometown hero, born and raised in Chicago. On top of that, her wife, Courtney Vandersloot, was also on the team. Since then, Allie has won two more three-point contests for a total of four wins, something no one else in the NBA or WNBA has done. 
And Courtney, her wife, she's the third assist leader of all time in the W. Talk about a power couple. Outside of the Vanderquigs, one of my favorite players of all time, the Chicago legend herself, Candace Parker, joined the squad in 2021. Sprinkle in Dana Evans, who, if you don't know, is the only Jordan athlete to win a championship in Chicago outside of Michael Jordan himself. And she could probably hit a three-pointer from the parking lot, by the way. And you got yourself a championship team. They also just might be the fastest team in the league. I've seen them play in person, and you can feel the wind off of them as they get the ball down the court. There's a lot to root for, and Chicago Sky fans will not let you forget it. They waited a long time for that championship. (laughs) Now, there's been a lot of movement changing what the Chicago Sky roster will look like, but they're still a fan favorite on WNBA Twitter. (laughs) One reason I think folks love the Sky so much is that they're petty. Sky players don't let anything slide. And if you allegedly break a door out of anger after losing to them, oh, they will bring that door to the championship parade. (laughs) Cough, cough, Diana Taurasi. Thank you so much for joining me on Rebound Revolution. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm so honored to be here. Can you introduce yourself to the (laughs) listeners? (laughs) I would be honored to. My name is Annie Costable. I am a journalist for the Chicago Sun-Times covering the WNBA, the Chicago Sky, and also the NWSL and the Chicago Red Stars. I have a podcast called Equal Play. So just really mixing it all up. I was so hyped because I follow you on Twitter and I... I love your coverage of women's basketball. So, hi. Thank hi. You for thank you for following our coverage. It's been like a total dream come true getting to do it the last few years for the Sun Times. So, thank you for following. Yes. Can you explain a little bit about how you got into this? Like, how'd you get into reporting on the sky? I actually started in broadcast journalism. I was really focused on being a broadcaster, I thought, you know, sideline was the route I was going to take. And honestly, a big part of that was because that's where I saw all the women, right? Like all the women who were working as journalists were broadcasters or like, you know, these, I don't want to say like trophy roles, but that was the role that I I saw a lot of women in. And so- I get what you mean. Like, very pretty, very done. Yeah, very pretty, very perfect, very, very, very Barbie-esque. And that's not, I'm not saying that in any type of disrespectful way. That's just the image that I saw. And it's funny because when I graduated, like, I'm comfortable on camera. I'm comfortable talking. I'm, I'm cool. But I've never been very, like, refined. I've never been refined in like the way I dress or the way I speak like I just I don't know I emote heavily like I'm very Mm -hmm. I just am who I am and so a little too gangster for front (laughs) of the camera I don't know about that I don't know I just I show up as myself and I don't know that it's necessarily always fit into like a TV box, you know, and Mm -hmm. and for whatever the reason, I just wasn't getting these jobs that I thought I was very prepared for. Like I thought, Mm -hmm. damn, I feel like I'm ready for this type of job. Like, why isn't it happening for me? So Mm -hmm. anyways, I just kept freelancing. I was working a bunch of odd jobs to like pay the bills 
And then I literally could remember this so vividly. I remember this voice in my head being like, try writing, try writing. And every time it came up, I was like, I'm too scared. I'm too scared. I feel like Mm -hmm. I'm not intelligent enough. The idea of putting together a thousand words that people are going to read, I'm like, throw up. No. (laughs) And so I just got over that. I remember I pitched a story idea to a publication called Red Eye, which was connected to the Chicago Tribune at the time. And the editor that I worked with, Chris Sosa, was great. Like he took the story and it ended up on the cover of Red Eye. And then I did a story on Cappy Pondexter. And yeah, and Cappy was so phenomenal to work with. Like I have so much love for Cappy because yeah, she helped me find like my voice by sharing hers with me. Mm. And so after that, I got a job in Mississippi and I moved to Mississippi, worked in Mississippi for a year before getting the job at the Chicago Sun-Times. And then everything that happened happened here. And so it's really it's been like a roundabout way of finding my like niche in this industry. Mm-hmm. I love that like origin story. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, especially the part about like not seeing yourself in the box that was presented of like what your possibilities are as like a woman in journalism and then just like finding your way through and yeah. finding your voice. Yeah. Yeah. I know I say that and I come with a ton of privilege. Like I'm a white woman saying that. So I know Mm -hmm. that there is so many layers to that of of what it means to not see yourself. Mm -hmm. And so I just think like, if I'm standing here saying that I felt like that, then we have some serious issues when it comes to women in sports storytelling roles. Like, absolutely. Yeah. I really appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about like seeing yourself and all the layers that come with that, right? It's totally. very intersectional. It's racialized. I think about gender presentation. Totally. Yeah. And I think there is something to like what you were saying about not being refined. I I'm just like same. Yes. Me. <laughs> me. And I think about like how much that is layered too. It's like these assumptions about intelligence, your class background. Exactly. Exactly. Like I remember Mm -hmm. a friend telling me once, like I came home and I didn't get a job and it was my roommate at the time. And this was one of my best, best friends. And I was like, I don't know, maybe I just need to like do my makeup different or like do my hair different or dress different. And she was like, Annie, you have to just be yourself. She's like, Every time I look on TV or every time you pull something up, I see a lot of the same thing. And she's like, Mm -hmm. you don't have to be that to be successful at what you're doing. So I think that's the message we really have to continue to encourage young storytellers, but also Mm -hmm. at a higher level. Like now I'm in a position where I have to make sure that those individuals that same as myself are getting opportunities like how can we help bring up more people that don't necessarily like check a box? Yeah. Who is your one to watch for the Chicago Sky this year? Oh, absolutely. Kalia Copper. Like I am so stoked (laughs) given all of the player departures, like absolutely all Mm -hmm. eyes are going to be on Kalia Copper. Yes. 
when I tell you I love Kalia Copper, like, <laughs> I could gush about her all day. I think she's my crush in the league. And, and also just such an incredible player to watch. Like, how does she jump that high? <laughs> I mean, I, I think Ka is, like, such a special person. Like, you mm-hmm. take basketball out of it. I think the reason people gravitate to her so much is because she's so real. Like, she's, she's yes. just herself. A hundred percent of the time. So yeah, Kaz is a special player. It's going to be exciting this year. I think I w- that would have been my answer <laughs> to that question too. <laughs> so this might be a Kalia Copper question too. Do you have a memorable WNBA Twitter moment that you can think of? Ooh, a memorable WNBA Twitter moment. Well, two are coming to mind. I think one is is Ka standing over Sophie. The contact from moments ago between Copper and Cunningham was reviewed for a possible hostile act, and after review, ruled just a personal foul on Kalia Copper. Yeah, and I think that's the right call. Kalia Copper, she gets her in the neck, but she's going for the basketball. The moment live, that's separate from what happened then on Twitter. You know, on Twitter mm-hmm. then, like, the beef goes up, and it's so entertaining, and it's it just brings so much attention and chatter mm-hmm. to the W. So I think that's got to be the most memorable moment so far in in my career. And then the second I was going to say was just obviously the sky winning the championship and Mm -hmm. having the parade down Michigan Avenue. Like that was definitely a cool moment too. Yeah. I think it's been so fascinating the way social media has kind of changed the like coverage of the league. Totally. That moment with Kai standing over Sophie Watching the game, it was just a quick moment. But Twitter, for like days after, right, it's a thing. Yeah, it got turned into T-shirts, sweatshirts, like everything, people's backgrounds. Like that was, that's going to be on a highlight reel forever. Yep, yep. Um, I actually got a sweatshirt. Did you? (laughs) Love that. I I love that. Okay, so there's a piece you wrote on Kalia Copper's jersey getting retired uh-huh. at uh, Gerard uh-huh. here in Philly. I'm in Philadelphia now. Oh my so. God, okay, I didn't know. Yes, and it felt so important to me as somebody who follows women's basketball. You are a white journalist who writes with such like awareness and fullness <laughs> of women of color as whole human beings. Uh-huh. You know? like, like, just like we are whole people. And I think what you're describing about like not seeing yourself or your friend encouraging you to be all of who you are in your writing. I think from like a reader and a listener perspective, that feels like it adds to why you write about women of color this way. But can you talk about some strategies or resources that you use to support you to write so like fully about women of color? You know, that's really wild that you say that because I can't even tell you the amount of anxiety I have like every day coming into this job because I'm a white woman every day writing about women of color. Mm -hmm. And that requires so much care and thoughtfulness and every day showing up and being so diligent in what you do, being so mindful Mm -hmm. about like every step of the process. It's never lost on me. Like Mm -hmm. everything from like the first word I write to the last word, I'm like, okay, 
in your hands is the ability to to share and impact the way somebody sees Kalia Copper yes. or James Wade mm-hmm. or Candace Parker or Allie Quigley or Courtney Vandersloot. And if you make something personal or if you're just not very careful with your words, someone could mm-hmm. read your words and get a false image of someone mm-hmm. that you cover. So when it comes to like the steps that I take to doing my job, I do it with a lot of anxiety. I'm like working on not, but I think that's just the reality. I think, you know, it's okay to be honest about that because um, that's just part of it. But I think also is just reminding myself, like, I'm never going to perfectly see Kalia Copper. I'm never going to fully understand every aspect of who she is and what makes her who she is. But Mm -hmm. if I just sit and like, listen, I'm going to see like her as, as just a human. And what does she make me feel when she's talking? Like Mm -hmm. when someone's telling me a story, I'll think, what are they saying? What are they doing? That's making me want to like hug my mom or like cry, you know? Uh And so that to me is what I always try and and bring out in a story and so I think it just it starts with just listening intently and allowing yourself to feel what they want you to feel and asking questions that are are mindful of cause experience Mm -hmm. and then again taking extra care with every single word that you write and not writing it from what you think like writing it from what she's telling me, if that makes sense. That makes total sense to me. I think about what I feel when I read your pieces. Uh And that's exactly it. It's like that moment of feeling like you want to hug somebody. Yeah. And that you don't need a full understanding of what it means to be like a Black woman in order to have that moment of just paying attention to the feeling, you know? Yeah. And I I think that anxiety is reminding me of like Audre Lorde, like do it scared, you know, (laughs) like do things scared because I think that anxiety is the flip of care. Like you care. That's why you're anxious about it. Yeah, I agree with you. I think sometimes anxiety is just your mind telling you that you care very Mm -hmm. deeply about something. And again, Mm -hmm. like you don't need to understand everything perfectly, but if you put your heart into it, if you put your care into it, I think that is what brings a story to life in a healthy way. We heard you loud and clear. You love the WNBA and want more analysis and insight on your favorite players. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoops. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All season long, we'll be bringing you the post-game analysis that you crave and sitting down for interviews with athletes across the W. You can listen to Queens of the Court on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. So Chicago. When I think of fan cultures, Chicago is one of the, the biggest cities, probably like top five for like fan culture. What do you think makes Chicago such a special city for like sports, fandom? Honestly, I think it's the history. And I think when you look at what championships have come out of here Mm. and who has brought the city championships, it's like some of the most iconic people in the world in the game. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, Michael Jordan is does not need anything more said about him. But I just think what that man did for the entire sports culture of Chicago forever like no one's ever going to be able to talk ill of Chicago basketball simply because of what the Bulls did in the 90s and then on top of like the histories I think it's also the culture like Chicago is a lot like Philly and I was just talking about this with Kalia it's very hard-nosed it's very tough it's very blue-collar it's very like Get dirty. Like, if you want to do something, go out and fucking do it. Mm -hmm. Like, don't talk about it. Go do it. And if if you're going to waste your time talking about it, well, someone else is going to go out and do it. There's so many examples of greatness who have humble beginnings to be inspired by. So, yeah, I think it's the grit. I think it's the heart. And then on top of that grit and heart, you've got, like, just a ton of history. Yeah, you've got a ton of history to back it up so mm-hmm. like who are you talking about you're talking about chicago you better talk about us right <laughs> like, this is an audio medium but y'all couldn't see the face like who, who are you talking about it's that drama <laughs> it's that drama that yes. i get from my mom <laughs> i love it because i usually am on twitter as i'm watching a game and i feel like chicago sky fans have that same energy who are you talking about yeah like, you, you better be correct when you're talking about Chicago Sky, okay? (laughs) Does that energy translate at home games? Like, the fan experience at a home game for Chicago Sky? Yeah, I mean, the best insight I've gathered has come from Courtney and Allie specifically because of their experience with the franchise for as many years as they had. Yeah, they were there for a long time. Exactly, and so Mm -hmm. hearing them talk about what it was and then what it became is really quite beautiful because they've seen it through all stages, right? Like they've seen the Allstate Arena days when, you know, the arena was empty or it was just this dark energy in that place. And if you've been to Allstate, you know what I'm talking about when I say dark energy. It's just like this windowless arena. It's not the vibrancy that you get when you get into Wintrust. And Mm -hmm. so hearing them talk about specifically the fans and the way that they've shown up and that just being the most prideful point for them of, Mm-hmm. being able to watch what happened in Chicago around the sky as far as fans go. I think that's really reflective of exactly the point you're making of, yeah, the fans show up like that. Yeah. I can only imagine what a home game is like because I've only seen the Chicago Sky play when they're on the East Coast. And there was a Chicago Sky fan that had extra jerseys handing them out. Like, like you a Chicago Sky fan? Here, wear this. And I'm like, if this is what away fans are doing, I can only imagine the energy at home games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I think another factor of it, too, is like, Chicago is a Midwest city, right? So, like, mm-hmm. there's that Midwestern, like, hospitality or whatever you want to call it. Like, people have, like, an ease to them. 
they're just sitting next to the strangers and they're all there to celebrate the same thing. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, we're family. Like, we're family. Yeah. That's what yeah. it feels like. So what does game day look like for you? Yeah, so that's a great question. And it looks different for everybody because there's so many different ways to be a storyteller in this business and it mm-hmm. continues to change. But for me, working at a newspaper on a traditional game day, like, you know, 7 p.m. tip off, let's say, um, I'll maybe spend the morning at shoot around if there's a team in town where like the first time Diamond came back to Chicago, I opted to go to Phoenix Mercury's shoot around instead of the skies so I could catch up with Diamond for a story I was working on, like that sort of thing. So mornings will be at shoot around either the opponent or the sky. And then I might go home, get some lunch, like get some writing done because my deadline for games is about like 930. So I'll have two stories to file on game days. So one will be maybe like a side story. Again, like Diamond coming back to town is is like a big story, right? Yeah. So that'll be its own story. And then you'll have the game story. So yeah, whatever happens in the game, you have to add as it goes. But yeah. stuff that you know for certain, like Diamond stats with the sky or like this is her first time coming back, that kind of stuff you can get down. You can get her quotes down that you want to use, that sort of thing. And then you'll get ready. I love like getting ready because I love when I show up like in a confident outfit and I feel good about myself. I just feel like it adds to how I walk in, like how I get my questions done, like how I write. So I'll get ready, um, drive over to Wintrust. And then game day, once you're at Wintrust, is maybe observing shoot around a little bit and then getting into the game. You'll do pregame questions with coaches. If you have any questions for players, you could do them pregame. And then it's game time after the game. You know, you're hustling, you're getting your stories post game answered and and filing a couple hundred words, 500 to a thousand. You are writing two stories a day on game days. Yeah, but it's manageable once you find your flow. You know, like one of my stories is filed by halftime and then the other story is filed in post game as we're talking to coaches and players who come into the media room. Yes, you make it sound (laughs) easy. No, (laughs) it it is like people should know because this is the shit that used to intimidate me. Like this is the stuff where I used to be like, oh, I can't do that. Anybody Mm -hmm. could do this. Anybody who likes basketball or or likes any sport for Mm -hmm. that matter is passionate about storytelling. Like y'all could do this. If I could do it, you could do it. Like, trust me. (laughs) Okay, you talk about storytelling a lot. Uh And I just find that fascinating as like, I don't... (laughs) I don't know how to say this as a classical journalist. Yeah. Like a cla- a classically <laughs> pianist. <laughs> I was like, as a traditional journalist, I don't know what word to use. And both are great. Okay. But I think storytelling, hearing you use that word for your writing and what you do, it, I just love it. I, I'm really into narrative. It feels really intentional that you use that word and creative. So it's making me think like, how do you keep the creative approach to the way you tell stories when covering the sky? So I feel like my mentality has changed a couple times through my career. I think when I was younger, again, when I was trying to get into the industry, I was like, oh, I have to do this the same way that everybody else is doing it, right? Like, because I want to be successful and this is the blueprint that 
the world is giving us. So Mm -hmm. if this is the blueprint, then I've got to follow this blueprint. So once I got back to Chicago from Mississippi, I was like, I actually don't have to do this like the way that I've thought that it's got to go. So I think for me, I've tried to be really intentional about my relationships with players, with coaches, with agents, with everybody, and let that be like the guiding force for my creativity and my storytelling. Because again, I think everybody has their strong suits and it would be a shame if I tried to mirror my strong suits to be the same as yours or vice versa. Or, you know, if I tried to share news or information the same way that one of my competitors is, it's like, that's going to not only take your creativity, it's also going to diminish what you're capable of. Like you're both going to be stunted because your mind is not going to be in its like free flowing state. Yeah. But it's also going to diminish your product because you're not tapping into what makes you uniquely you. Mm-hmm. So I think when I started on the Sky Beat, I was like, I might not be the most brilliant analyst, although I trust my analysis. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I want to be the most trusted journalist out here. I want to be the most trusted storyteller on the Sky Beat. I want. When something goes sideways or goes really well, I hope that whoever is like, we need someone who's going to accurately share this story. Mm -hmm. Annie can do that. So for me, yeah, I just try to tap into what I think makes me uniquely me. And I think Mm -hmm. that's my connections with people, like just trying to be straight up with people. Because like, even if I got to write something that you don't agree with, Like, I'm not going to go around you to do it. Like, I'm not going to be slyly doing it. You're going to know I'm I'm working on it. Like, I'm going to ask you straight up, you know, if I attribute something to sources, I hope people know that that's valid information, that Annie's worked hard to develop sources in this game. You can trust her storytelling. So anyways, long story short, I feel like it's my human connection with people that has allowed me to share some really beautiful stories. I love it. The creativity is in the relationship. Yeah. And also who you are. So I think it's really important that you are like a woman writing these stories too. You're like a possibility model for what other women can do who are aspiring to cover basketball. That's pretty dope. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the thing too, though. Like when I came into the Sun-Times, I was not covering the sky full time. I was kind of like a utility player. I was just doing a little bit of everything. And so when my editor tapped me to take over the sky beat full time, I was like, okay, like, let's do this. Like, what can we do? Like, let's go all in. It was like the possibilities were endless. So I just think that anybody listening, Like when you get an opportunity, how can you make that opportunity yours? Like, how can Mm -hmm. you bring your vision to life? Like, what do you want that role you're stepping into to look like? Because you wouldn't get that opportunity if you weren't ready. And if they didn't want your drama, they wouldn't have asked you. (laughs) Right. So I'm going to come in and I'm going to bring all my drama. Yes. The Chicago Sky played in one of the first W games outside of the country. I think it is the first, the first ever in Toronto. 
Okay, what's the significance of this? Why is this so huge? I mean, it's sold out in in minutes yep. of them dropping the tickets. I think it's huge for multiple reasons. One being that now is the time they determine the right time to bring a game to Canada. And I think the reason for that is one expansion is looming. So, you know, they're testing the market. They want to see what's up. They want to see how the fans react to the game there. We obviously know they've reacted extremely well with the tickets selling out immediately. Also that, you know, if the league is going to expand to Canada, a lot's going to need to change Mm -hmm. in terms of investment and everything. Like, if the league is going to expand to Canada, players have already made it clear that charter travel is going to be necessary. So I think that this is going to, again, mark the beginning of a significant turning point in the WNBA. Yeah, this gets into another question I have because you have your own podcast yeah. called Equal Play. Mm-hmm. First of all, love the play on words. <laughs> <laughs> Thank um, you. Yeah, and this issue of of players having to commute to games in regular, regular commercial flights, that is going to have to change if there's a team in Toronto. So... I feel like I have a two-part question. One, can you say more about what might have to change with expansion of the league? And also, how did Equal Play come about? Okay, so I will start with um, what needs to change. I think that we're already seeing it from owners like Mark Davis in Las Vegas and the size in New York and and others as well. And I think what's being shown is that, especially in free agency, players want to play for franchises where they're going to be taken care of like they should have been their entire careers. Exactly. Candace Parker just was on Draymond Green's podcast talking about this is the first time in her career she has her own locker. That's fucking sickening. That's disgusting. I like when I tell you my jaw dropped. Exactly. A locker? A A locker with her name, like her stuff. She can leave her stuff there. It's like, That's remarkable when you think about it. And then you think about the New York Liberty and them Mm -hmm. being able to pull away Chicago's longest tenured player, like a player who really is, she's not the Sue Bird of Chicago. Courtney Vandersloot is Courtney Vandersloot of Chicago. Right. Like, but the comparison is that Sue ended her career in Seattle. Like Courtney, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's remarkable that she won't end her career in yeah. in Chicago. And all respect to her, wanting a fresh start, wanting something new. She deserves that. She could do whatever she wants. Like, free agents yeah. can do whatever they want. But the thing that's interesting is, if the Sky were in a different position, you know, do they take a meeting with Brianna Stewart? Do they yeah. pull in more free agents that make mm-hmm. Courtney, you know, want to stay here. It's just all of these conversations are very interesting to be having. And I think, again, what's being shown is that players want to play for franchises that have not only talked about investing, but are backing it up with action. Actually do it. Right. Yeah. And so those franchises are leading the way as far as what the W is going to look like in the future. And so we've already heard from the size and, and Mark Davis in various respects talking about like, they have money to charter flights already. We've Mm -hmm. seen it like the size got fined because they chartered flights for their team. For the Liberty. Right. Mark Davis and the aces are dealing with an investigation right now because 
they were looking at various ways to pay players beyond their salary in the W. They're setting the standard for what the league's going to look like in the future. And if it gets to a point where some can afford charter travel and some can't, I mean, are you going yeah. to limit what certain franchises can do just because a select few can't? That would be a shame. Yeah. You know, we might get to a place where they would have to say, yeah, owners, if you can do it, do it. And everybody yeah. else has to catch up. I was thinking about this so much, like with the Liberty chartering flights at the height of the uh, Delta variant of COVID. Right. So they're professional athletes. They're getting tested every day for COVID. Right. From a safety perspective, it makes sense. If like we can afford to get you on a private flight, like let's do it. And that safety concern, I'm, I've also been thinking about Brittany Griner being back. You know, she was the, the most talked about sports person last year and you're gonna put her on a delta flight <laughs> to go play you know it's just it doesn't make sense from a safety perspective i think honestly bg Brittany grinder's circumstances are going to fast track a change because how can the league expect Brittany to get on a public flight exactly not only because of obviously covid i mean covid is a huge concern mm -hmm. like but because of everything that she's been through and the polarizing opinions of her, like, it's just yeah. a safety concern, you know, exactly. like she deserves to be safe in her travel. And right. that might not be possible on a commercial yeah. flight. So I think these next couple of years are going to be hugely transformative for the league. Like, I think there's going to be some major changes over the course of the next two years for the W. So can you tell us more about your podcast? Um, Equal Play, honestly, I got to give a shout out to my friend Waverly McCarthy, who I met in Mississippi, but I had wanted to bring conversations that I felt like I needed as a young woman in a podcast. Like I, I wanted to have conversations with people that would have benefited the younger me. And so... I had tried a couple different things while working at the Sun-Times. And then in the pandemic, I was like, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to do this myself. I don't need a producer. I don't need an editor. I can just do it all myself. Mm -hmm. And there are challenges to that because obviously like a very busy schedule. I can only record podcast episodes when I have the time to edit them. But I thought to myself, like, as long as I'm having inspiring guests on who are transparent about their journeys, who are open to discussing the pitfalls and, you know, the mountaintops, too, of, of their experience, like, then I'm going to do it. And yeah. so that's how Equal Play came about, was just a desire mm -hmm. to share those conversations with people whose whose experiences in life maybe aren't picture perfect, but like they're a perfect lesson for the person yeah. who needs some real honest feedback on how to do something, how to stay inspired, whatever it may be. I love it. And I love just the approach of going into like, I want to tell the stories, to share the conversations that I wish I had as a younger person. Yeah. So and it also was like, I realized in my form of storytelling, like I'm limited to a certain number of words. So I was like, let me do a podcast so that people, they're not limited to like the one quote that a, a writer uses. So that yeah. was part of it too. Annie, where can we find you? 
I am mostly on Twitter and Instagram, but my handle is the same across all platforms. It's just Annie Costable. That's where everybody can find me. Hi, Annie. Thank you so much. You are just like such a resource, <laughs> like a wealth of knowledge on all things the Chicago sky, but basketball generally. And just thank you so much for this. this Listen, money, I'm so happy to have come on the show. Like, thank you for thinking of me. Thank you for having me on. Anytime you want to talk about the Chicago sky, I'm down. So you just let me know. Okay. Yes. <laughs> the spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use indeed the better it gets and listeners of this show will get a 75 dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com match just go to indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There are a lot of dope players in the W, but not everyone gets their flowers. And I want to make sure they do. So I'm going to shout out a player who everyone should know in a little segment called (laughs) Money's MVP. This week, my MVP is my WNBA crush and fellow Virgo, Kalia Copper. Oof, Kalia, Kalia, Kalia. So Kai is probably best known for being the most athletic player in the league. Like, I think most people noticed her in the Wubble season in 2020 when she became, like, a consistent scorer. But also, the jumping, she jumps so high. (laughs) And she scores in ways that are not easy, but she makes it look easy, which takes a lot of strength. Her current team is the Chicago Sky, and they call her KFC. But what they really should call her is Ranch, because she be dressing, okay? Something else you definitely need to know about Kalia is her fashion is everything. I suggest you follow Kalia Copper on Instagram. I would describe her style as the tomboy sexy of Aaliyah meets like the fearlessness and color of Dennis Rodman. When she wore that head-to-toe green Ivy Park outfit, I was like, why has Beyonce not put her on the Ivy Park page already? And who could forget the pink feathers and the shorts at the All-Star game? Iconic. Iconic. (laughs) So while she plays for Chicago now, she's originally from Philadelphia, North Philly to be exact. And on the court, North Philly definitely comes out. 
She is her full self on the court. Her personality shines, whether she's giving Sophie Cunningham a death stare standing over her or holding on to a jump ball way after they call the whistle. She is herself. Her personality and confidence, it just really comes out. Kalia also deserves her flowers because every summer since 2019, she's hosted a basketball camp for girls in North Philadelphia in the neighborhood where she grew up. Gerard College in North Philly retired her jersey recently, and there's a beautiful write-up about it by Annie Constable. If you want to check it out, it'll be linked in the show notes. So that is my MVP, Kalia Copper, also my crush. Who do you think should be my next MVP? Let me know. Want to sound like you in the know when it comes to the W? I got you. This is Fundamentals, where I'll give you a rundown of something to make you look like you're the expert in the room. This week, we are talking about buckets. Now, in basketball, you might think a bucket is just a made shot, but avid fans know that a player can also be a bucket. Did you make three threes in a single quarter? You a bucket. Did you hit a buzzer beater? You a bucket. Scored 20 points in one game? You a bucket. Leading the league in scoring? Get a mop because you a bucket. Since this is an all-things Chicago Sky episode, here are three Chicago Sky players you might want to name drop when people are talking buckets. The first is Courtney Williams. Now, aside from her being very fly, Courtney is a certified bucket. Whether it's in the WNBA or in the offseason in Athletes Unlimited, Courtney is creative at how she scores and is always scoring, okay? If you need a clutch play, get the ball to Courtney Williams. Courtney Williams is a bucket. The second player that is also a certified bucket, Izzy Harrison. Izzy played for the Dallas Wings before coming to Chicago Sky and was one of their go-to players for scoring and also a very dominant defensive player. Izzy is a certified bucket. And last but not least, another fellow Virgo, Marina Marbury. Marina, again, Dallas Wings, was holding it down even in college at Notre Dame, could score on your favorite player, Marina Marby is definitely a bucket. Now that you know all about the Chicago sky, what other fundamentals are you curious about? Let us know. Rebound Revolution is an edit audio original podcast created in collaboration with The Cube. I'm your host, Money McEachern. And this episode was produced by Melissa Houghton, Mick Finnegan, and me. It was edited, mixed, and mastered by Mick Finnegan. Our supervising producer is Anna Deshawn. Our executive producer is Steph Colburn. Thank you to Kathleen Speckert and the whole Edit Audio team.